Welcome back to the Young and Dundas podcast, a podcast for the TRSM MBA program. I'm your host, Paula Sanderson. One, two, three, four. This week on YND, I'm joined by Issa Salik to talk about student leadership and his experience as the outgoing MBA Student Association president. Hey everyone, welcome back to YND. It's been a few weeks. We've had midterms. I was sick for a little while and then I purposefully took a small hiatus while the student leadership elections were taking place to give that my focus. So I hope you can appreciate and accept my apology for the gap in new episodes. You know, in that time, I was elected the new Ted Rogers MBASA president, which I'm really excited about. I was really touched that The cohort trusted me and voted me into this role. So I've just finalized our team and I'm really looking forward to building something special this year. So I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about that as time goes on. But, you know, as I'm transitioning into that role, I've been having a lot of conversations with Issa. So for those of you who don't know, Issa's leak was our 2021-2022 MBA essay president. And I'm going to be your president for 2022-2023. So what that means is that the two of us have been having a lot of handover conversations, a lot of logistical chats about what it means to lead the MBSA. And I've really, I've been really enjoying these conversations. You know, Issa is an incredibly thoughtful and genuine human, and it is such a joy to spend time with him. And so I thought maybe you would all like to spend some time with him. So I sent him a text last week asking if I could interview him about leadership and the idea of being a student leader on the podcast. And he immediately texted back, yes, he's incredibly gracious. He gave me so much of his time and really answered all of my questions, which I so appreciate. He even humored me by answering a question about Taylor Swift that I had to cut for time. But if you want to send me a text, I might tell you what he said. Anyways, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I really enjoyed it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. hello. How are you? Glad to be here. Um, I'm great. How are you? You just came from class. I did just come from class. Um, It was good. It was finance. So always fun. Anyways, we always start our questions here at Young and Dundas with the same question, which is, where's home? Where's home? Uh, My room is home, um, I would say, and family is home. And uh, I live in the same neighborhood as, you know, uh, my my family, my my sister who's married. She's like 10, 15 minute walk from me. My brother's like 10, 15 minute walk from me. So North York uh down the area that's home for me it makes sense so little isa growing up in north york you currently work at td bank as an analyst but when you were a kid is this what you wanted to do did you know that you wanted to go into finance or did you have another goal you know what uh <laughs> i i always well as a kid not really of course as a kid you kind of you, you you dream different you dream um wild um i love playing sports i love playing soccer um you know, that would be the kid dream. But in terms of career wise, it was kind of what I wanted. Um, Business finance was kind of of what I wanted. Um, And specifically TD, what's weird is I always, this is kind of when I was a a teenager, I I thought uh, like banking and working at TD specifically uh, as a teller looked really cool. 
Um, and it ended up in a way where I started, when I started working, when I started going to university in undergrad, I started working there too. So, um, it, and then from there, it led on to uh, uh, different roles and, and now I'm in finance and it's where I wanted to go and it's where I am. I'm going to back you up for a second. Did you have a favorite soccer player as a little kid? Uh, Ronaldinho for sure. Um, changed the game. Joga Bonito. Uh, that 2005 to 10 era for sure. Um, it's just a different flair. You know, uh, it's not always like who the best player is. It's always who comes with the style. Um, and he came with the, the FIFA street style. And around that time, he just like, the FIFA Street game came out too, and it was just like an amazing time. Loved it. I don't. I don't know. Think I don't know if you know or uh, if you're into any uh, soccer. I know you interviewed uh, our Canadian soccer legends, Atiba Hutchinson. And I did. Did you also interview? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who was your favorite soccer player? Christine Sinclair. I uh, love her so much. I loved watching the women's team over the past couple Olympics. They're absolutely incredible. And I think they deserve all of their flowers and more. I would love to see a women's pro league here in Canada. That would be more, the dream. More. Christine Sinclair, the GOAT for sure. Uh, women's soccer. She's been probably the longest reigning playing person at the, at the top of her game. And she's still playing and she's still scoring. So, um, And the Canadian women's soccer team is like winning gold medals and finishing top five almost every year, right? So they're definitely uh, much better than men's Canadian soccer, but okay. Yeah. I'm gonna get us back on track for a second. We've talked about um, little you. Let's go up to teenage you. So one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on the pod was to talk about student leadership, and this is something you've yeah. been doing for a long time. So I know you were a youth peer leader as a teenager, and then when you were in high school, you were also an Ontario Ranger. And what did you learn about leadership yeah. as a teenager that you've brought into adulthood? Wow. First of all, the research is uh, impeccable. Um, <laughs> I, was, I didn't know uh, uh, you were this professional. Um, amazing. The, the youth peer leader uh, was great for me. Um, being an immigrant myself, that program, uh, it was with North York Community House and Amesbury uh, Park, uh, Amesbury Community Center. It was different programs about teaching youth and uh, having them interact with each other, specifically newcomers. So there was a kitchen, uh, youth in the kitchen program where uh, kids interacted with each other. Well, I was also a kid, but um, a few years older than them. Uh, you know, a soccer club, uh, a computer club where uh, newcomers uh, would just come together and you would have 10, 15 uh, kids just learning about, you know, how to uh, use a computer, the applications, and then they become friends. And now uh, you're chilling in the neighborhood and now you're going to the same school. So I met a few people there. It was a great experience. Um, and the Ranger one was right after that, which built on it. The Ranger program was a different, um, I know you're into nature as well and you're uh, camping out there and you're doing a lot of programs with kids. Um, that was a great moment to, uh, uh, get to know the provincial parks and get to know, you know, how to live in the wild. It was basically a two month, uh, job, uh, just living in cabins in the middle of the woods. Um, and the job was you would basically go to these provincial parks and just take care of them. Um, so 
you can't really ask for uh, anything better as a kid. And I was, I believe, 16 or 17 years old doing that <laughs> leadership wise. You know what? It, it teaches you um, to work with others from all different backgrounds. The, the, the youth peer leader uh, program was good in terms of, uh, you know, getting to know people from different countries. Uh, and the, the, the Ranger program was great in getting to know people around, the, around Ontario. Or uh, I believe even like, yeah, it was Ontario, I believe only. But, uh, you know, you get to know uh, uh, the, 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 the province and um, uh, the, the parks and everything. But in terms of leadership, I, I will come back to it. You can, uh, um, you, I mean, just hanging out with people and building, you know, relationships. And th those were the basis of it, I guess. That's how you, you come forward with it. But uh, I, I would say, those early days weren't, I, I wasn't as, you know, uh, stepping up to the plate as I would be in my later stage of life in terms of uh, being a leader. It, it built up over time. Sure. So you get out of high school and you go to York and you study finance. What drew you to that program? Uh, the, the numbers. I was, I was always good with numbers. Um, and uh, York was... Uh, uh, close to home it's in the city I want to stay in the city um, and uh, finance specifically uh, was interesting because I wanted to experience if I went to finance I could experience the other aspects of it too the accounting the marketing it all comes in the curriculum and um, you know in um, in high school I was good with functions I was good with calculus and um, I was I liked economics and uh, um, you know, I like uh, listen to, reading the news on uh, the BNN network. Um, so I was interested in finance too to start off with. Okay, so when we when we look at your CV, your York's CV specifically, I saw a pattern. So when you were an undergrad, you were involved with the Student Council of Liberal Arts and Professional Studies, and then now yeah. in your MBA, you're also the MBASA Prez. So I want to know why you're constantly drawn into student council type roles. You could have easily just like go to class, participate in some events, but you really get involved. And I wonder like why, what are some reasons that you pursue leadership roles? Uh, it's, to, it's to learn myself uh, in, in terms of what, you know, the role could, could come with. I always, I think during that one, it was a VP uh, finance role in, in one of the associations. And uh, I just want to be involved and, and learn from people and actually meet people um, and see how an organization is run. It is a student organization, um, but it builds a lot. And um, just going to class and, and not getting involved, I believe, I think you're not getting uh, a full experience out of that. Uh, you do need uh, the extracurriculars on top of it. In terms of the uh, MBSA role as the, as the president, um, that was one that I never actually uh, ran for the top role uh, in, in these organizations. I just want to learn and just be a part of the team. But uh, that one, I wanted to take the leadership role because I, I, at that point, I had management roles under me and, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was a good leader at work. I was a good leader amongst my friends. I was a good leader in, um, you know, at school, the groups that uh, we, we put together. Um, so I, I wanted to put that to test. Yeah, you're talking about being a manager at work, which is a really interesting kind of trajectory that you took at TD. So 
you got out of York and you joined TD at the branch level and you started as a customer service rep and you end up as the manager. So I wonder like what leadership characteristics do you think your champion saw in you to promote you as you went through those years? Yeah, well, the, the service rep was, um, it was great during school because you could just work 15 hours a week. But um, once once that finished, um, the, the thing was, the, my manager already saw that I was doing a lot of the things that a manager would do and the relationship that I had with people. It was just like a natural transition. So um, it just lined up really well. Um, I knew everyone uh, in the branch and um, it, they, they saw the, you know, the skills in me and uh, they wanted to uh, uh, give me a shot. I actually asked for it too. I'm like, hey, look, I, I know the people here and um, I think it would be great. I get along well with everybody. Uh, I know all the customers. Um, I know the systems well, so um, let's let's give it a shot. And uh, they were into the idea. Relationships is something you keep coming back to. Like it seems like it's a really important puzzle piece for you. I think that's the basis of it. Um, I always think in a team, you can't really, I mean, you, you kind of have to keep people happy. The morale has to be high if you want to be successful in in any aspect of it in any level of it um we can come back to like the mba say or you know at work when i was a manager at work i would never be like hey do this do that or uh refer to people as uh that's my uh associate or that's my you know it's it's always a team thing it's we're doing this um and the people that are reporting to me we're just having fun to be honest like i'm we what I want to do is I want to meet the metrics, but I also want to create an environment where people. I mean, it's work, right? You don't always love work. You don't look forward to work. You don't wake up always in the morning and just like, oh, I love going to work. But if you create an environment where people can connect with each other, and um, it's it's fun when it's downtime, uh, we celebrate everything. We celebrated every single person's birthday. We celebrated every single holiday, um, whatever the team wanted. Uh, you know, you want to dress up for Halloween, let's do it. You know, so you're always creating something and uh, people are happy. When people are happy, their mood is higher, team morale is higher, and now customers are happy. And now all the metrics are high. So you're meeting all the metrics at the same time. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. So you're in this win-win situation and yet you chose to leave as well, right? So you left your branch yeah. and then you join the MBA. And I guess the question, it's a natural question, but like, why, why did you do your MBA? So it's, it's to take that leadership to the next level. I, I realized, I think this is the basis of it and this could be replicated anywhere in any organization. And the MBA say was, I think one of those organizations when I wanted to run for uh, the MBA say president and the team uh, that we had and which was, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better team um the, it was group work i mean they, it was never uh, like it's the same principles that i had as a manager that i took to uh the mbsa uh, all the decisions were um you know together we we sat together and we we made all the decisions uh, the events that we wanted to we wanted to run everyone's opinion is out there you know decision making wise yeah 
sometimes I would make some of the, you know, the, the, if we're stuck between things, I would make the decision, but I wanted to, I wanted to be a, a group work environment. So taking on the MBA, what the success that I had as a manager, um, you know, I want to replicate that as a, as, at a higher level. I thought I could, I could lead, um, you know, teams in higher functioning roles. So I took on the MBA and, um, and since then, I've been taking on more leadership roles, right? In, in a lot of the classes, you have group work. So you need leaders in those group work to get the, get the job done. So it's been the same thing um, with, with the group work, with the capstone project, uh, with the association. So it built, I feel that it, the leadership level that I had, the, the skills that I had, uh, I was able to build up on that with the MBA. Well, absolutely. And that's how you and I met is through a group project in strategy. We did. Yes. Yeah. And yes. like from the get go, you were very much our like de facto leader where you would be like, okay, no problem. I'll open up the Google document. I'll compile it all together. I'll submit it for the group. You had us organized and we had some big personalities in our group. And yet you had yeah. us all marching through getting our jobs done, still having fun. And we did so really well. Fun. Our group like was excellent. We did excellent. Excellent. We did job. do excellent. That was a great group. I <laughs> love that group. That was a great group. And that's that's what it was. It was like, hey, let's get the work done. But at the same time, don't we don't need to stress anybody out. If there's something due um five days from now, I'm not, you know, we're not gonna stress each other out and send messages and just like give proper deadlines and you know, have fun while um completing the group work and actually have discussions on the topics and uh, submit things on uh, like I kind of the one of the reasons I, I take on the submission and the leadership role as well is that um, I, I, I want to also uh, make the the, the submission uh, well I don't want it's weird like the, the word doc or the pdf file whatever it is I, I, I don't want I don't want anything that we didn't uh, want to be on there to be on there right we have discussions during those uh, those group projects. Um, so I wanted to just like capture everything and just submit it. My brain's kind of going towards like, are you a bit of a control freak? Like, do you like to be the person to have the final say? I kind of see that. Um, I don't, I, never, I don't admit it. Um, but I, I kind of see it. Uh, now when I look back on, I'm, I'm in my last semester and when I look back on it, I realized that I've taken the, you know, a lot of the group work you have to assign a leader. I realized that I've taken that role in most, if not all of the, of the group work. How to frame this, I guess the way, like when, as you're like talking about this and you're, you're, I know how many roles you've taken on and how many hats you wear, but how do you decide that you have the capacity to do those roles and that you have the capacity oh. to do it well? At the time it was, I was a full-time student, uh, no job. So I knew um, I had I had more time than um, you know our part-time colleagues. Uh, even then, you still run out. You know you don't have uh, unlimited amount of time. But it, I, I knew I could work, make it work. Uh, now that I'm a, I'm working at the same time and going to school, now I see your point of you know you were working and doing your MBA. Now I see the challenge of that. Now I can see that I would probably uh settle into a more veteran role <laughs> a little you know you can you can you can let others 
take care of uh, uh, some of the little things here and there. Absolutely. Okay, let's switch back over to being our MBASA president. You're the outgoing MBAS president. I am the incoming one. And so I wanted to ask you some specific questions about it. So let's start off at the beginning because it was an obviously a great fit for you for this role. And I want to know what was the most rewarding aspect as the MBA president? I think it would be um, meeting people. I think I've probably met almost everyone. Um, Like if I haven't uh, spoken to them face to face through WhatsApp, probably. Um, but majority of the cohort that we started with in last September, um, I, I, I know a lot of the people um, and a lot of them I'm, I'm really close with. So networking wise and actually creating um, close relationships wise, that's, I would say that's the biggest takeaway from it. Um, and on top of that, um, you know, getting involved with the, with the school and, uh, you get to meet um, people in the in the program as well in terms of uh, what's happening behind the scenes. So Gloria, Donna, Faith, you get to interact with them as well. So that gives you a different side of things. Um, but definitely meeting and networking was uh, the biggest takeaway. And as the incoming president, I can ask you what you would like to take away from this experience. It's going to be meeting people. I'm really excited to like get to know everybody in the cohort as well. Um, one of the benefits of doing the program as slow as I'm going, I'll take it'll take me three years to finish the program based on my schedule and what I need to do in order to complete it. I'm going to know three full cohorts of people, which is very exciting. Yes. And it's my I am already someone who knows everybody. I've got a bit of a reputation of like my friends joke whenever we go out that I always run into someone I know, and I just know that this is going to triple that number of people by the time we're done so I'm really looking forward to that and I find it interesting that that's still possible with the past year that we just had so we entered the program during zoom university era when all we did was everything was virtual none of us met each other until like well we were socially on occasion meeting up with each other but more formally like none of us were able to get into class in person until March of this past year so I want to know what was your challenge as the MBASA president while we were still on Zoom. It's a different style of leadership, right? Like COVID was spiking. People were stressed. Building that community was really hard. It was a different time. And so I wonder what you learned about Zoom leadership and how that's also going to translate into, you know, in real life. (laughs) Zoom leadership. I like that. You know what? I might put that as a a little side note on my resume because I do have Zoom leadership because it was difficult. It was it was very difficult. Running events through Zoom is um, difficult because you can't have multiple people speak at once. It's just not possible. So what are we, are we chatting? Uh, are we laughing at the same time? We can't. So the first, uh, the, the events that we had uh, that were virtual uh, until March or April, it was, it was me speaking, I would say probably 80 to 90% of the time. And um, except for the ones where we had guest speakers, they were, they were speaking, but if we're running an event, it's one person speaking. Um, you don't put your hand up on a zoom. It's a social, uh, it's a social event. So it was, it was difficult to build community um, through zoom and um, you know, participation rates were also low. So the, the vibe is not there 
and um well it it's there we had fun but it's not the same as uh the, the in-person events we had right so the in-person events we had were double or sometimes triple the the number of people that would show up um so it's very tough to build community especially if you're all new through zoom when you have to take turns speaking and if that's your why your why is my purpose of this is to make relationships with people if it's if you're not getting that off zoom that also is hard to keep yourself motivated like and keep yourself going exactly um i mean you the purpose of the event is to get to know people and you, you get to know your colleagues and, and socialize that's what uh, those were and it, i mean we did have like you know games trivia uh, which was great. It was really fun. Sure. Um, but people can't speak at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's just not as easy to interact over Zoom. I mean, this is much easier when you're one-to-one or, you know, maximum five people, I would say, on Zoom. Would you want to do over? Like, would you do it again, not in Zoom, if you could? You know, uh, it was half and half. So at least we got to experience both parts of it. The convenient part was, the people that can't uh, attend in-person events, at least they got to attend those. Yeah. Because uh, we had a few speaker events, uh, a finance educational webinar. You know, those were a little bit different. They were probably, those were more suited for Zoom. If you were to do those again, I would, I would say you should use Zoom instead of having people show up to a room. So it depends on the purpose. If it's a social aspect, then no. But if we're having a mixture of social, uh, you know, plus uh skill building skill building zoom is definitely the place to be interesting okay so i'm coming into the role now and there's a whole group of students who are entering leadership roles right now across the cohort whether they're getting involved in willa or you know sports leadership net impact etc 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 and i'm wondering what's one piece of advice you have for those of us in our cohort that are entering a leadership role this year i'm glad i'm, I'm just happy that uh you know you made the first step that you are entering these leadership roles so that's perfect. Um, the advice is you got to like time management wise, you get, you have to really be aware of uh, the time that you put into it and the, and um, all the other things that you're juggling at the same time um, in terms of, uh, you know, work, these associations and the school projects that you have, the school assignments that you have, uh, it could be all too much. So um, time management is key. And um, second advice would be to, um, you know, get, get involved with other associations. What, just because, you know, we were part of the MBSA, but um, we were involved in talking to uh, the, our colleagues at Willa or the NBA Student Association, uh, the uh, Sports Association, uh, you know, have the associations uh, interact amongst each other instead of keeping them separate. We always want to run a joint uh, event as well, which, um, you know, we, we, we couldn't because timing didn't line up. Um, and you did come in and save the day with, uh, with an outdoor event that uh, last summer. I remember that. Always here to save the day. Fringe. Yep, the best. It was so much fun. We'll do it again this spring. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. Fringe happened. And I'm like, Paula, I think you should run for president. And there you are. Here we go. It was fun. I loved it a lot. Okay. Let's get personal for a second. 
So you're a cancer and cancers are known for being (laughs) sensitive and emotional. And I want to know how do traits like empathy and vulnerability play a role in (laughs) Stop this. Stop. (laughs) I can't believe this. I can't believe how often horoscopes come up in daily life. (laughs) It's just like, it's mind blowing. Um, Because I get this a lot, which is weird. Um, I guess I, I might be emotional, right? I'm not. Um, <laughs> but in, in terms of leadership, I do see that point, not because I'm cancer, but I care for people, right? Um, when I was a manager, um, I, I see myself as equal to everybody. So if somebody's having a tough time, I would tell them to just step away and go for a break, whatever it is, 15 minutes, half an hour, and I'll take your place and I'll do what you were going to do, Right. Um, I don't know if you call that emotional, uh, but I, I call it empathy. Uh, that's, that's the question. Like, how do traits like empathy and vulnerability play a role there in your you leadership, go. right? And that is exactly what you do. It plays a role, but not because I'm cancer. Because um, every time you tell someone you're cancer, it's always the same, like, oh, are you emotional? Or are you going to cry? This and that. We literally, I literally had it the other day. Uh, I, I, what, was your, what was your sign? I know you're really, really into these. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. And, and you it's think very Leo, obvious when you spend time with me. Obvious for you. But, uh... I don't think so. I think it's obvious <laughs> in general. Like as soon as I tell people that I'm a Leo, everyone goes, oh yeah, no, that tracks. Ah, yeah. Okay. That's, um, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find out more of these things just to be like, we can get ah, your whole yes, chart yes, going. We can know what your, like your rising is, what your moon is, like all of your different, like what your you know, your son's like all of it. We can really get into it if you'd like to later. We were having this discussion in the hallway after leadership this weekend where we were talking about how like our hexaco traits and if they align with our star signs. It's a conversation. It's a question. Someone should ask Dr. Scott. Like, absolutely. (laughs) That's the most MBA way of having a (laughs) astrology conversation. If your hexaco How does your astrological sign fix in with your hexaco? Absolutely. Ridiculous, ridiculous, but I'm, I'm it's here ridiculous. for it. It's, <laughs> I think it's excellent. Okay, so other than that, I want to know, are there other skills you value as a leader? So you, you keep hammering down like relationships matter. So I'm getting that one. I'm getting that empathy. Anything else that's important to you in a leader? Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, collaboration, like getting people to work together. Uh, I don't know if you would label that as a relationship, but uh, if you're able to motivate and get people to work together, that, that that's your, uh, you know, leadership uh, in a nutshell, um, it's it's the same in sports. I think there was, um, uh, you know, some people, you know, you can correct me, but uh, Phil Jackson, um, uh, former NBA coach, eleven-time champion, I believe, he he has a book, and I think he talked about this. Whether it's coaching is about motivation versus actual X's and O's same thing with leadership I, I think it's it's a lot to do with with uh, motivation and you know how you are able to bring people together to work for something um, my current role right now we I couldn't ask for a better team better leadership we the culture is great um, you're treated like a true professional and uh, it shows in the work everyone at work is happy to to do the job um, the things that you ask in a job or a task, well, in, 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 maybe we'll talk about that next. The things that you, you know, you look in a job is 
uh, you're looking for compensation and you're looking for um, a, a valued work or challenging work, or if you're, if you're uh, I think they label it as self-fulfillment uh, in your job. Uh, so it's, it's not all about, um, you know, the, the compensation, but other factors are there. And um, that's what leadership is. If you're able to self-fulfill, uh, if you're in an environment that, that can bring the best out of you, um, that, that's where you thrive. I love that. That answers almost every single one of my questions. So I'm going to wrap us start, start wrapping us up. So I want to know about some self-care things as you take care of yourself as your leader. So what are the best ways that leaders can support other leaders? Open line of communication, I think. Um, it, it can't be, because I think we live in a world where more people need to support others. I'm, I'm happy when others are succeeding. If I were to be like, hey, look, I did my uh, term of the MBSA and Paula is going to come in. I hope she's terrible so people see the value that I put in. You know, I mean, that could be a way of looking at it. But the correct way to do it is how Shiri passed it on to me and how I want to pass it on to you to show you all the tools that are there and what we use and what you can build on. I hope you make it better. I hope you, you know, like, I would be happy to see it. Um, communication and sharing information is, is key at work too. I mean, I maybe I'm, I, TMI is like I share too much information sometimes. I don't know. Maybe it's not it's not great, but um, I don't think there's such thing as too much information at work. I talk about compensation all the time to like you know new associates that start. I want to be like, hey, look, you want to negotiate it well? Here's how you do it. When I have a coffee chat with somebody. Uh, I had just one yesterday uh, asking about, you know, my journey and how I, how, how things came to be. Um, I go into topics of co compensation, uh, you know, and I tell them how they should approach it. These are the levels that you should be expecting. This is exactly, uh, you shouldn't get less than this, right? Everything should be on the table. Those questions are like those conversations are so important for so many reasons. I left a job once because I found out that um, because we talked about compensation and I found out that a male colleague was making getting a 3% raise and they were only offering me a 1% raise. And I was like, I wouldn't have known that if he hadn't said anything to me about it. Do you know what I mean? And so having those conversations yeah. between your colleagues, so important. It has to be in all aspects, um, a compensation and the you know, the responsibilities uh, that, that you have or training. Um, same example that I gave between us, like the, the new people that start at work, if I want to be like, hey, like I, I want to be the star here and I don't show them how to do things, like that's that's not how, how to go about things. You're not creating a positive environment. Absolutely. Okay, so other ways to create a positive environment in your own personal life. I know that you love to unwind by traveling. Do you have any trips planned? I love to unwind by traveling. I uh, just, um, I honestly, I have a few things in mind. It's just uh, this year has been a lot of traveling. Um, I had the international off. capstone. So you were in Chile this summer. Then you went to Spain. Yeah, I did Chile. Yeah, uh, Spain was there. Morocco was there. Uh, I did Mexico uh, this summer. I did El Salvador with Jose. Um, I was in Peru and 
I was in New York and I was in Turkey as well. Um, Casually. So a bunch of travel. Ca- casual, very casual. Casual list of places uh, you've been. <laughs> this, this year, this year um, was, was big and uh, it was needed. Anyone, I, I, would, I would recommend anyone who can find a space of time between uh, semesters, it could be, you know, if you have a week, if you have two weeks. You ready for my last question? After all of these experiences, how do you define leadership and how has it transformed over the years? I, I would say uh, leadership is the um, same thing that I said before, but, uh, you know, uh, it's leading by example, doing what needs to be done yourself, knowing how to do it, uh, showing others the way and being able to work together. Um, and did you say how it's evolved? The second part, I think, um, well, from, you know, my days in undergrad till now, it's a, it's a big, big, um, difference. I took on bigger leadership roles. Um, but now what, what's evolved is my, um, self-reflection and, um, the, the big topic in that leadership course knowing what you can do, what your strengths are. I think that is the big takeaway. Now I know what I can handle. Now I know how I can lead, where I can do it, uh, to what extent. So now it's, it's when you know what you can do and uh, your biggest strength, then uh, it's easy after that point, you just lean on those strengths and um, apply them in your daily leadership role. And that's it. The Young and Dundas podcast is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Paula Sanderson. As always, you can reach out to me about the podcast or about anything else at all by emailing me at paula.sanderson at ryerson.ca, or you can find me on Twitter at paula underscore sand. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in class.